the best, the worst of the TV season, part two. This is Geek Confidential. Best and worst of the TV season. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, Melody Akles. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. Dan Pierce, welcome. How's it going? And Mo Walker, welcome. Glad to be here with everyone. Well, uh, this is part two. We're halfway done with the best and worst of the TV season, which for category purposes, if you didn't by chance listen to episode uh, the previous episode... It goes from September through May. The TV, the classic TV season is what we're ranking right now. So kicking off part two, we are discussing the best series or season finale. It can be one or the other. Mo, who do you pick? For me, for best, well, actually, and I'm not sure if this is a series or we categorize this as season finale, but I'm going to go with The Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, I thought that overall, this the last episode was a very fulfilling arc for the characters. Obviously, Sam, you know, fulfilled his destiny, as it were, becoming the new Captain America. I thought that we got uh, Bucky and Sam really more or less finally figuring out their rhythm and how they could work together. I love how we've pushed Sharon Carter forward. Overall, I think that, you know, if you look at it, you know, it was a very fist-pumping kind of episode. Looking forward to seeing what's next with with these characters. Dan? Uh, For me, I... For me, I I have to go with Batwoman. Uh, I was really, really impressed with how they were able to, what they were able to accomplish going from one of the worst shows last year and becoming an incredible show that was gripping from week to week. Uh, The addition of Ryan was fantastic. Luke and Mary continue to shine as characters. I love Alice. I love what the show was able to accomplish this year with topically going into police brutality, racial injustice, uh, you know, going into the effects of a, a new drug on the street with uh, with Snakebite, I I'm really excited for the future with Batwing, and just the the amount that they were able to cover during the course of the year was incredibly impressive for a show that had to walk such a tightrope to explain why Kate's gone and then. When they reintroduced her, it, they didn't do it all right away. It was a little bit at a time, and it was so cr- carefully crafted and creative that as a series, I, I have to pick it as the best of the year. I sort of wondered about the necessity of bringing Kate back, if that makes sense. Um <clears throat> We'll see how that goes next season, but I was perfectly happy with the new Batwoman and how that was playing out. Mel? I have a best season finale, and it is The Mandalorian. Um, Just the fact of, you know, we have our moment of our heroes are in trouble, we don't know if they're going to make it, and then the X-Wing shows up. And who appears in the X-Wing? Luke Skywalker, okay? They actually got Mark Hamill to come in. They de-aged him. He did the voice. All of the amazing things. And Luke Skywalker, they managed to get him back the way we all remember him from the 80s. Show up, and he's going to help Baby Yoda become the fantastic, amazing, you know, mythical, super uh, being that he is. Just seeing that was awesome. So that's my best one. My best series finale was Supernatural. Um, I bawled like a baby watching the series finale of Supernatural. It had everything I needed. And then when you had Dean just driving that car until Sam was like, 
because Dean is killed off at a young age and he's in the car driving it through, like driving it in the afterworld until Sam ages, has a full life and dies and can join him. I cried like a baby. It was so good. It was a, it was a wonderful culmination to an iconic series. And I wish that one of the multiple attempts at, creating a spinoff could have been viable because I love that world and I would have loved to have seen the supporting characters that we've come to know over the years be able to continue on. Um, my honorable mention was the hundred. I thought that the hundred series finale was also wonderfully done. I mentioned it in the last episode, how Clark, what Clark goes through as everything comes home to roost for her and then the fact that all of these people who she has battled with or against and then with again basically gave up their continued existence in order to come back and live with her. It was wonderful. Um, best new show of the season. I have a feeling that this could be, I don't know, controversial, but... There might be some surprises in here. Uh, Dan, who do you have? I'm going with Superman and Lois. I, it's like a movie every single week with this show. And I love every second of it. I have never been a huge Superman fan per se. But getting to explore the intricacies of Clark and Lois and their kids and the consequences of the adventures after the fact and while seeing new adventures sort of play out has been exhilarating. Uh, I've been very appreciative of it. Uh, there are times when I'm, I, I question a lot of the show just from a uh, standpoint of like, all right, so Kara is around, right? Like there, anytime they leave like Smallville or like a given area, I, I start having questions about like, but that was All the right. whole thing. That was the whole thing about the the entire run of Supergirl. I mean, where's Clark? Yeah, no, I I agree, and the same applies both ways on that. At some point, uh, Lex is going to have to show up, and it's going to have to be John Cryer, and we're just sort of waiting on that to happen. Hopefully I hope it, it isn't. I hope it isn't. Oh, <laughs> because with everything that happened in Crisis, I feel like. Maybe he could. Ha- we could have a different Lex. We already got one from another planet. Why not a different one? Uh, Mo or Mel, who do you have? Um, so I have a tie and the honor of a mention. Oh, look at you! Oh, you're boy. finally Mel. you're finally Mel, growing up, Mel. Look, I'm look, so look. proud. The Podcasting Daddy <laughs> is so proud. Okay. Uncle Luke, let's make that clear. Uncle <laughs> Christ, <laughs> the Christ. Okay, uh, <laughs> the new shows were hitting this year, just straight up. So I had to pick a few. Um, I figured most everybody was going to pick Superman and Lois, and it's it's also on my list as part of one half of the tie. That show is amazing. Let's start about start off with how visually beautiful it is. It is gorgeous. Every week, you can tell they have a true budget, okay? Not not the budget that they give the rest of the shows on that channel. They have a real budget, all right? And they use it. It is great. I really enjoy the cast as well. Um, I think Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulock do a great job as Superman and Lois, and also Lois and Clark, you know, in, as their alter egos. They do a really great job. Elizabeth Tulock... Um, I've been watching her for a while because she was on Grimm and she was really great on there too. So not the point, but um, it's a great show. Um, I love this take on Superman. You know, there's many incarnations, but uh, I'm really enjoying this one and the stories are, are pretty great as well. So um, I'm definitely interested to see more of that one. And of course, my other part of the tie is WandaVision. This is a show that had me stressed out every week because it took a little bit of a different approach because you know with this being a marvel show and it being the first disney plus 
Marvel show. We didn't know exactly how things were going to go. And they really dropped us off in the middle of the show, kind of, in in this one, where we didn't know what was going on. We just knew there was, you know, Wanda Maximoff, Scholar Witch was here, and Vision was there too, and Vision's supposed to be dead, and we have no idea what's going on. And they really kind of played around with that for maybe the first two or three episodes. And then they hit you with, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. How do we get here? I loved the storytelling, the way that, you know, we started off, we didn't know what was going on, and we ended up, we knew everything that happened. We kind of told the story a little backwards. I love that, you know, they incorporated so many things, of course, from the MCU because they had to, because that was their starting points. I really just enjoyed the series. And even my mom, my mom was watching with me. She even enjoyed it. And, you know, superheroes are not her thing at all. So I I thought that was interesting, too. And I kind of feel like the show took over pop culture when it was on. So any show that can have an impact like that has to be on my list. And my honorable mention is Kung Fu from the CW. This is a show I kind of just started watching on a whim of, huh, the previews look okay. We'll see what's going on. I love love it. I love the backstory. I love that they chose to be very culturally appropriate and honor the, the Chinese culture here. So I am really, really impressed with the first season. It's coming back for a season two. Um, the young actress that plays um, Nikki Shin is great. It's got a lot of good action, a little bit of a supernatural feel to it too. So um, I had to give it props for that. Mo? So I'm going to go with no, nah, nah, I'm not going to be controversial. I'm going to go with uh, Superman and Lois. It, for me, it can't be any other uh, pick because it, it truly is a, as a Superman and comic book fan. I mean, I wanted and have been looking forward to a Superman show that feels like an adult Superman show, more or less the inversion of Smallville, where it was Clark's journey to becoming a superhero. So now you have Clark in uh, the the Paul Kent um, uh, Schneider um, Schneider role as the father. Um, he has a great support system in uh, Betsy Tulock's uh, Lois Lane. I love that you know intermixed with the superheroes because they do remember that this is a Superman show, and yes, there's parts of it that feel like this is us um some overly dramatic moments in terms of the family and not just with the kent family but the lane cushing family but you know we we get those really great fisticuffs and you know again as when i said when they're the fight sequences and, and occur it really does feel like a movie I'm also like the sort of twist that we've gotten and one with, you know, quote unquote, Captain Luthor, uh, the stranger who's portrayed as a wool parks. I I like where the storyline has gone with him and this interesting use of other characters within the Superman mythos. I also like um, Adam Reiner who portrays Morgan edge Morgan. It's that is a really, really interesting twist with Morgan Edge, yes, it does not line up with what we got with Morgan Edge in previous seasons of Super uh, Supergirl, but I don't care. I love Reiner's version of of Morgan Edge and the you know surprise character he becomes. And then, of course, I want to give a shout out to Dylan Walsh, Walsh as as Sam Lane. It's sort of this interesting dynamic that you know you have Lois and Clark, you know, and you know Sam Lane, Lois's father, you know, all in on the secret. Traditionally, he's not. He's very much an antagonist. Here, you know, it's Clark having a functional, semi-functional relationship, you know, work relationship with his father. But what I love is, is that Lois Lane, she brings the hammer down when her father steps out of line. She will put him out of their house. I love this show. Well, um, I also figure that Superman and Lois would be a pick. So... It's one of my honorable mentions, as is Kung Fu. Both of the these series made their debut this year on the CW, and both of them hit it out of the park. I love the representation that Kung Fu has. I love seeing so many Asian faces on my TV screen, and the fact that the white characters are sort of 
just the side like the literally the side characters it's an ex-boyfriend who shows up maybe for three scenes per episode and the fact that you then have so much um family dynamic and you have so much chinese well mythology in this case being told and you're just being able to see this story about a family that you don't normally get to see on television, and I love it. Superman and Lois, the cinematography is amazing. Tyler, I have liked him since Teen Wolf. I like him as Superman. I know some people don't, but I really enjoy him as Superman. The, As Mel pointed out, Elizabeth Tulloch, I watched her for how many seasons on Grimm? She was great there. She's just as good here. Uh... Eric Valdez, who plays Kyle Cushing, he's his acting has improved a bit since General Hospital, which is nice. For me, um, for me, the Lana character is the one that sort of surprised me because in this world, Lana doesn't really play a factor. And after so many years of watching Smallville, it feels weird. But I love this show. I think that the boys do a good job. I definitely prefer Jonathan over Jordan because Jordan is, as Dan said, he's the most angsty character and he's just annoying. Or I guess Mel said that too, because Mel had picked both of them. I think Dan picked one of them. Um, he's a little bit much. I'm a, and it, I, and hopefully in future seat, like in the next season, something more like there will be a little bit more Jonathan emphasis, but those were both really good series that definitely deserved honorable mentions for me though. The best series was one that came out in late April on Netflix shadow and bone. I had not read the book series. I had not read it spinoff series, uh, six of crows, but what I, but this, these 16 episodes were amazing. I watched the entire thing in two days. I, could not stop watching. I love the like the Russian setting, like atmospherics that it's set in, that gives all these Eastern European, Western Russian vibes. I love it. I love the mythology that is established in music and the and where the premise that sets up the beginning of the storyline. The <clears throat> Ben Barnes as General Kerrigan is extremely hot. He has chemistry with uh, Jesse My Lee's Alina Starkov. They have great chemistry, but then, unlike the Hunger Games, you have Archie Renault's uh, Malian, and it's almost a a worthy triangle where, like the Hunger Games, you'd never really believed that she would go for the other guy where in this one you actually believe it so i like the fact that even though and i don't know if any of you guys have watched it because we haven't discussed the show on the podcast but like even though everything seems intent for her to end up with kurigan it's viable with malian and it works and what I learned after watching the series when I read or listened to some podcast, like some book um, podcasts, was that one of the characters that I enjoyed most, which was Kaz, is actually a character from the Six of Crows spinoff series. And so the way that it turns out that the television creators brought the, the original series and then the spin-off and by spin-off I'm meaning it's not necessarily a character spinning off it's more of in the same world type book into it it was flawless I would have never guessed the way that this story was told that that was the case the cinematography is equal to if not better than Superman and Lois it looks expensive it is lush the acting is good the magic premises are good you need to watch Shadow and Bone if you have not watched it uh, let's see. Worst show of the season. Mel. Well, I really couldn't even get through Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix because I kept falling asleep. Um, I wanted to like it. I did. I just didn't. Um, I know we talked about all the various 
to reasons of why we didn't like it already previously. Um, but I also had Black Lightning as my backup because it was really, really tough to get through those first couple of episodes of the season, which does not like Black Lightning because it had been really a strong show story-wise uh, all the way up until this final season. And now in the last season, we had, you know, Jefferson falling apart and not wanting to do anything, getting into fights, giving up on everything, which was completely out of character for him. I, that really bothered me a ton so um yeah it just wasn't great i mean they managed to put a bow on it at the very end but i wasn't a fan um i will say this about jupiter's legacy the thing that was the most memorable to me was the fact that his therapist was a villain who he had he had was responsible for locking up but was the only person who he felt he could actually talk to honestly about what's going on in his life so the lead up with him talking with a therapist makes you believe that it's just a therapist and then it turns out that it's one of his villains that was a really good twist which i thought was extremely well done um mo who did you have for worst show of the season uh my pick for worst show of the season comes from bbc america it's the watch it's an adaptation of uh, author terry pratchett and uh neil gaiman's uh discworld uh series one of the books within the discworld series it was very much uh it should have really uh, fell into my wheelhouse it was a a British show that uh, had some fantastical and sci-fi elements. Unfortunately, I found the the most fascinating character, in my opinion, was killed off within the first episode. I'm wondering if that was sort of a cost savings measure, a la Medusa's hair getting cut off in uh, in humans because it was a rock troll character, and obviously. You know, there's a lot of CGI if you're going to have a rock troll. I thought that um, there are aspects of it that looked very cheap. Um, there, the uh, lead character, his his his, his name is um, Sam Vines. Uh, he was portrayed by the same actor who uh, who, who also portrayed uh, Beric uh, Dondarrion from Game of Thrones. That character felt very dim-witted and. I mean, it was just, I felt like I was losing brain cells just watching this show. Um, there was this whole punk rock motif about the show that really got old and stale very fast. Uh, just, it really, really, I, I tried to push through three episodes, but I really got to like two and a half and then I just stopped. Um, and apparently this show, The Watch, is pretty much disliked by fans of the novel series. And even uh, Terry Pratchett's estate and Neil Gaiman have both distanced themselves from from this this show. Well, damn, um, Dan, who do you have as worst show of the season? Riverdale, come on down! Oh boy, you would think with the time jump they would take the time necessary to sort of correct some of the issues that the show has. And you know what? There's still time. The show is still going. New episodes. The season resumes uh, August 11th, I think. Uh, but what we've seen thus far has been so disappointing and confusing. I've whether it's Archie, um, you know, trying to single-handedly fix Riverdale High School by having all of his friends be teachers at Riverdale High School, or Betty dealing with PTSD of getting kidnapped by a serial killer, or Veronica dealing with, like, a complete pig of a husband uh, who is completely manipulative and totally just a carbon copy of her own father, um, or Cheryl locking herself in in the house because she's not allowed to be happy, otherwise the Blossom Curse will get her. I, I just, I don't understand what we're doing anymore. Really, the only 
interesting story is Tony having a baby and it's like she's going to be raising it with Kevin and Fangs. But there's also drama between Kevin and Fangs' relationship. And so that sort of triangle of with with a baby involved is really interesting and i i want to see more of that i don't want to see hiram lodge disbanding the town as a whole i don't want to see reggie like as his you know right hand trying to do his bidding but ultimately failing it's just there there's no adults in the room anymore and now that the kids are adults or are supposed to be adults, it's it's lost a step in a way that, like, before, it was like, oh, this is dumb, but at least it's soapy and fun. It's like, well, no, this is dumb, but now things don't make sense because there's no adults in the room and the kids aren't make. Ugh. It's just, it's not good. My worst show of the season is one that I have texted with Mo about on multiple occasions, and I'm sort of just done. And it hurts me to say that. Legacies on the CW. I love the Vampire Diaries. I love the originals. I liked Hope in the originals. And when Legacies was announced, I envisioned a series in which Hope would sort of be a Harry Potter and you would end up at this school and there would be these overarching stories that sort of played out over the course of the season, much like many of Elena's did on the Vampire Diaries, but in a boarding school set- setting. That is not what we've gotten. We've gotten these episodic Beast of the Week things that have just become way in... Um, Every episode, the absurdity just seems to climb, and I love the mythology in which this series is set. And that's why it pains me so much to have to pick it, because everything about it is something that I, in theory, should love. But this episodic Monster of the Week stuff that basically feels like a... and a low-budget Flash, in terms of, at least on the Flash with superheroes, there's... Oftentimes, though not always, okay CGI, the magic and the other stuff. It's like there's way too many characters so that the way this set show is set up, they don't get to, they don't split the time well enough. It ends up basically being a Hope eating the show. And if she's not eating the show, the twins are eating the show. And if those three aren't eating the show then Lanston's angst is just like drowning everything else. And then there's a monster of the week in there somewhere. It's just too much. It is just too much. And yeah, this is also showing up in another care category a little bit later. Um, Best show of the season, the biggest quote unquote award for the show for a show. Dan, who do you pick? I pick WandaVision. Uh, Mel talked about it earlier, so I don't want to uh, go too far in depth, but it was a pop cultural phenomenon. Uh, Whether it was Wanda kidnapping the entire town and going through all of these different decades and sitcoms and all of the tropes involved, or Vision trying to piece things together as his memory was faded at first and then it becomes more and more clear, or in the outer world and learning about all of the intricacies of S.W.O.R.D. and all of the characters involved in in that sort of subplot. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic series and I'm excited to see where it takes the Marvel cinematic universe next. Mel. Two for two. Um, I had to go for WandaVision. It is the show that I looked forward to watching the most over the past TV season. Um, I know I talked about it earlier, but um, I really feel like Elizabeth Olsen 
has really found her groove uh, in playing Wanda slash the Scarlet Witch now, who has come to realize all of her powers and that she is the baddest bee on the planet. So um, it was really enjoyable watching that. And, and the actress herself is really um, good at portraying, I think, nuance and pain, especially with the Wanda character. And I, I loved that we also got to look uh, into you know what happened after the snap and um, Tiana Paris's character uh, Monica Rambo all grown up amazing so um, we'll get to see more of her because I believe she is photon is that right Mo correct me if I'm wrong but um, that's going to come into play more as well uh, I just enjoy the series overall and, and um, if you haven't watched it please do Mo uh, for my my best show is a Discovery of Witches season two. Um, I was really looking forward to this series returning. It's been on a bit of a hiatus. The first uh, season came out in 2018, I believe. But again, it's it's sort of really the inverse of the watch. Again, uh, the things that I love, the fantasy element, the uh, the Britishness of it, uh, if if that's a, a word. Uh, but we're dealing in a supernatural world in which vampires, witches, and demons more or less um, have a detente. Yeah, and and so we are. And, and in, in this, we have uh, Diana Bishop, who is played by Teresa Palmer, and she is trying to learn about her her heritage as a witch. And really, the first season was very much about that. We get a bit of that in the second season, but the twist is, is that she's coming into her power. I love how the, the second season did this really interesting balancing act of Diana and um, Matthew uh, Claremont, uh, who's played by Matthew Good, working on their relationship, I think deepening that relationship. And, you know, there was a bit of angst in that relationship, but at the same time, was th there was a certain level of maturity because, you know, these two characters, understand that you know they've had histories before they came together and and they're kind of meeting each other where they are uh again i really did love diana coming to her own that's all the stuff that was kind of going on in the 1500s we had some historical figures who popped up uh like kit marlowe walter walter riley and, and queen elizabeth now in the present again which was more the political machinations between the various the, the witches the demons and, and the vampires. Um, I love that uh, we got Alex Kingston, who continues to play uh, Sarah Bishop, uh, Diana's aunt. I love Sarah Kingston going back to whether it was ER, whether it was Doctor Who. It's just it's just such a wonderful show. I think it's a very mature uh, fantasy show. I love Lindsay Duncan as Matthew's vampire mother. I love her in that. My best show of the season is Star Trek Discovery on Paramount+. Plus. Season 3 basically hit everything I needed emotionally in a COVID world. From the episode, opening episodes where we get the history of the person who's going to work every day who is the son or grandson of people who were once officers and but who has never won himself and eventually gets that um, honor the action, the, the storytelling. The, there was so much about this series that for whatever reason just hit almost every single episode for what I was going through during COVID and it just all aligned. I loved it. I cannot wait for the next season. I wish it would hurry up and get here. Um, but kudos to star trek discovery my honorable mention was the queen Ga the queen's gambit and uh discovery which is season two was also the um, honorable mention which leads us to the big couple award the forever elicity award otherwise known as best couple of the season dan so i'm going two for two in back-to-back -back years but man constantine and zari 2.0 are so much fun. I I know it's not a popular pick, and I know that Legends has some problems right now, a couple here and there. Uh, but a couple. this 
<laughs> this couple is not one of them. Uh, they have really shown a lot of maturity as they take their relationship from just hooking up to like actually being boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is a, you know, an evolution to these characters and getting to see that even if it was during the silly uh, singing contest episode, it was still like an important uh, moment for the two of them. I really enjoyed all of their sort of sneaking around and doing all of that stuff. But also now that John doesn't have his powers, he's more reliant on, you know, her abilities as well. So like, there's an entire new dynamic to the relationship. And I don't know. I, I just, I really like the two of them together. Mel, who do you have? Well, who else could it be other than my babies? West Allen time. In every earth, every universe, everything there is, you are my lightning rod. Come on. And they renewed their vows. They just get me in the fields most of the time. I know there's always these reasons to keep them apart and things. I was just happy we finally got um, Iris out of the mirrorverse. I was real excited about that. So um, they she just, got out of the mirrorverse to just not be in episodes for no apparent reason. Look, I do not begin to wonder about what happens on that flash set. I, I don't want no part of it. I'm just happy when I get to see them on my screen together. Okay. They finally got the wedding that they deserve without Olicity hijacking it. Okay. I was just happy to see it. I'm like, well, at least one one thing I can smile about. Mo, who do you have? For me, I have as uh, best couple, it's it's Wanda and Vision from WandaVision. I Mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, even though their their relationship uh, was manipulated, large Even ass though large he was trunk. literally a figment of her imagination that's true very true but it was such a loving relationship um it, it's easy to love your love someone when it's an all imaginary well hey that's true look we've never said that wanda did, didn't have any problems and you know if you've read the comics you know that she has some serious issues when it comes to vision but i think that the way that the characters were portrayed in the, the the relationship between the two you got a lot of you went through drama comedy angst i mean it was just this really nice cycle throughout those nine episodes um i think that you know culminating with the two you know despite vision realizing that you know he is more essentially a figment of wanda's imagination just reborn that he stood with her shoulder to shoulder at the end you could see that love at the end when 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 that whole version of her reality just crumbled i love the fact that how they were as parents which you know was very sitcommy but it was very cutesy it was i think that there was a lot of chemistry between the two a- actors just overall it just it just gave me the feels uh my pick is actually someone uh, a couple that mo mentioned a little bit ago um matthew and diana on Discovery of Witches. This was a series that Mel and Mo actually convinced me to watch. And so I did the AMC app for a month and basically watched both seasons in a week. Um, I love the historical setting. I love the, the how it jumps through time. But Matthew and Diana's relationship, even though it starts out as a slow burn in sort of season one, by season two, we're getting married and other shit. And it is really good. I was I was not expecting to find a series that I'd never heard of until my two co-hosts mentioned it to me. Have a couple that I was rooting for so much. It was a very wonderful surprise. Okay. Canceled it, a.k.a. I took it off my DVR. I've already alluded to it. Legacies is the one for me. Who do you have, Dan? Uh, I tried it. It didn't It did land. Uh, Fate, the Wink Saga on Netflix. I just, I, I wanted to give it a shot. It wasn't good. 
it it had all of the teen soapiness without any of the substance. I wasn't super invested into the sci-fi uh, sort of fantasy elements of the magical fairy powers in the school that teaches uh, magical fairies how to utilize their powers and fight in a bigger war that is sort of brewing slowly. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I had to end it. It was not a great series, but it was one that I could get through. It reminded me very much of some of the not-so-great Saturday night series like in the era of Mutant X and VIP, which I loved. This sort of reminded me of like some of the others that weren't so good. Mel, who did you have? Well, this is a show that actually did get end up getting canceled, but um, it's manifest. I had been sticking with it um, because I was so interested to, to see how what happened actually you know where did they disappear to what happened that's all i wanted to know and uh it looks like i might not find out um because the show is actually canceled but it had gotten so convoluted this season you know they found a piece of the the plane in cuba and they had to go discover it and then everybody on the plane is still having they're having these trial by fires and they're picking just catch on fire and you have to make the right decision and then then actually they found a piece of Noah's Ark and I was like "Uh uh-uh see y'all messing with Jesus and you can't do that so um but apparently the show is doing really well on um streaming on Netflix so they're maybe talking about bringing it back but for me it's over Mo uh, for me, it's a show on Peacock called Intergalactic. It was an acquisition from the uh, United K- UK uh, streaming service Sky One. It's a uh, space fantasy. It's a, it's a, it's a space epic. Um, basically, I I I, I really look. I like the trailer for it. It's supposed to be about a uh, a uh, law enforcement agent who gets trapped up in this conspiracy and then ends up on an interplanetary gulag and that these criminals on the gulag Shanghai it for whatever object thing place they want to get to. Honestly, I love the setup and the world building that was introduced in the first, in the first episode. I just really did not like the premise of basically it was kind of like some weird intergalactic prison break. So like I, I stopped watching it after the second episode. Um, it, yeah. Ugh. This brings us to the surprise category for this episode or for this year. Uh, this sucks. This really sucks. The most disappointing show of the season. Dan, you first. There is literally only one option to this category. It's black lightning. I was so disappointed with this season of Black Lightning and its inability to land the plane. Uh, like, first of all, I wasn't anticipating it to sort of get cut off. Like, oh, this is going to be the final season. I'm like, oh, this is such a good show. We have been talking about this show for years and how amazing it is and how great the writing is and the characters and all of these things. And for it to get canceled so early when so many other shows get to live on for seasons and seasons, and seasons, it just, it felt unfair. And so for me getting to watch the Pierce family sort of navigate the story of the the season with, I, I mean, what what are you, we even? You, you you mean you get to watch Jefferson have a pity party, and you get to have his wife basically. Nobody was doing anything. No one was doing anything, and everybody was acting like spoiled children. Yes, every just... single one of them is. Where's my lolly? I I don't want to do it. It was the entire season. That's the reason why this category is this category that exists because Black Lightning was also the pick for me. I have never been so disappointed with a show that had been a benchmark for quality for so long. It was like I don't know if they got a preview that they were going to like. I don't know if someone got like 
hey, you're likely going to be canceled. It's just not going to be officially announced for a while thing. And they just were like, okay, we give up. And then they literally just decided to write every single character as the most spoiled character or the most come up with the most excuses. Every single one of them, from Jefferson to Gamby, had excuses after excuses after excuses. And when Tobias finally died, I was like, well, that sucks because I've not liked Tobias the whole time, but he was the only one that actually sort of made the season palatable. It was really bad. But Dan, keep going. I just, it was so disheartening to see these characters that we've cared about for so, so long go through the motions of a television show instead of actually having things to do instead of actually having like a plot or a purpose. There were so many unanswered questions and I understand that like they were sort of setting up that the next generation was going to take over the crime fighting as it were. And all of the older generation was going to quote unquote retire but still, like, I, what are we doing? We only have so much time with these characters, and you're going to devote entire episodes to, oh, man, Jefferson's got a bottle of bourbon and is just sitting around thinking about Henderson. And this is, this is what we're going to think about. We're going to devote episodes to JJ's Instagram. And now she's JJ instead of Jen. Okay. All right. That, that this is what we're doing. We have Instagram as a, a, basically a character at this point and its ability to, I, I didn't care about Jen's romance at all. When that kid died, I'm like, I, okay. If I, like what, what's the purpose? He, he's been in like three scenes. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, Mel, what was your pick for most disappointing show of the season? Well, y'all hit the nail on the head with Black Lightning. So um, I won't have to go into that, but I will go with my honorable mention, which was The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the last eight episodes. I was really just disappointed in the way that it ended. Um, I know that the showrunner was saying that they were thinking they would get another season, and they didn't, but just... Uh, I didn't like any of the, the, I liked the idea of the Eldritch Terrors, but when they actually came about, they were all kind of really disappointing, and Sabrina, so busy chasing after evil dick, couldn't concentrate on things, making bad decisions, of course her friends are always there to back her up, and low-key save the day for her, but I'm like, y'all shouldn't even be trying to save her, because she's the whole reason y'all are in this nonsense. I was just really disappointed in that one because that's a show that i've enjoyed pretty much its whole run and for it to basically wrap up the way that it did i i didn't like it mo <laughs> wow i i have to say i'm i'm with you there on black lightning um man wow you you all didn't even kick dan you totally missed jefferson in the cage fighting the street you know, La La's like oh my god, the Grail Fight Club. And uh, okay, so we can't get Jill Scott back, so we have like this ambassador for her or her organization for Lady Eve's organization, and she's just going to be on the board. But I just, well, to be to be Lynn, fair, with that Lynn kid. and Jefferson for me were the two that w- were the worst. Like the, anything that we had a resemblance of their relationship built into a conversation was just bad. I don't know if the writers at this show, like someone was going through a really bad divorce or something, but that's what it felt like on screen. So, so I'm going to, okay. So with, with the lady Eve uh, ambassador, now to be fair to that character, that character had been set up and had been in previous seasons. So it makes sense that they couldn't get, uh, I think her name's Layla. Was Layla? So I, I can understand that. Now, to me, my other problem was this Chief Lopez story arc and those enhanced weapons uh, and so forth, and really her Chief Lopez getting those power ups, which again 
which was a, a storyline that could have been cut in order to deal with a tale of two two Jennifers, you know. I mean, like, at least if you're going to steal, you know, from Days of Our Lives the or One Life to Live, you know, mm-hmm. with, well, with, with, with two Jennifers or whatever, you know, at least, at least, you know, play that through line and make it entertaining. But that just... It was just, it just sucked that whole reveal, you know, about the, I was, I was hoping that they would have gone when they switched out Jennifer's, it was a Doctor Who type thing, um, where, where Jennifer regenerated into new Jennifer. And then perhaps, you know, you know, like, like the doctor had in, in one of the, in one of the Christmas specials, he regenerated a, a hand that, that became a, a duplicate or something like that. But, but really the, the question about bot lightning I have is, is like, when did they know that this was the final season and where were they in the process of writing the scripts? Because I think that will, will, will answer our questions because they were halfway through writing these scripts and, and then they found out about, Oh, this is your final season. Then, you know, it, it just, I, it, I just also think that there was some additional behind the scenes things that were going on that, but it just was horrible. I mean, like Jefferson, Jefferson didn't need to spend essentially like, a quarter and like more than a quarter, like a third of the season moping around about Henderson as Dan adequately put it, you know, he was hugging or he was essentially walking around with his bottle of bourbon and so forth. I mean, that was just, just pathetic. And, and Lynn, I mean, just the Lynn situation was a hot mess. I'm just going to say it. I didn't need to see Gamby get laid. Well, I, hold on, I, I gotta get Gamby. You, you know what? I gotta, I gotta throw Gamby a bone. At least Gamby was keeping it one hundred. I mean, at no, least he was throwing least, her a bone. He was throwing her a bone. Yeah. So, 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 so at least I, I don't. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut for Gamby on, on that one. I mean, like, you know. But why you know, did we waste so much time on it? Why couldn't it have been like? Look, so, Gamby has not been getting asked this whole series. And now you yeah. get to tell me the last season, this lady who is actually pretty nice looking is, is like, yeah, let me put it on you every five episodes. No, <laughs> no. Put back in your lap. Create some odd suits, devices, whatever. I do not need to see you get an answer. And why, look, and look, why, do, and why does Tobias have to be, like, why does Tobias, who is the big bad, have to suddenly be going corporate why and then there's all of a sudden this group added in why could what made the black lightning so good in its early seasons was it was a story about a family who happened to be superheroes and doing the right thing going up against a villain that was basically a scourge on the city i i I don't know like and that was completely tossed out the window for this season. I feel like it it was almost as if the CW said, we can only afford to have really one, one really good, well-written um, superhero show on at a time. And since Lois or Superman and Lois are going to be will, really well-written, we're going to just like forget about Black Lightning. Th- that's how it came across to me because there's no like for in my mind there's no other explanation how this show that was so good for the first three seasons just went off the rails the way it did in a final season it makes no sense yeah like you said luke they should have just stuck to as like tobias like the call call the pierces you know the black incredibles you know they just should have just stuck to being that and i think that would have been fine uh but yeah it was just it was I stuck. It was painful. It was literally painful to watch, um, watch the season. But I, I pulled, I pushed through because I was so invested in these characters. I mean, really, the only yeah. Have you? I did the same, but at the same time, I was like, "Why am I ha- letting this be my last memories of Black Lightning?" And it almost made me stop watching because it was getting so bad between Jefferson and Lynn. And I was like, why am I like when they like when he's set up and is taken out of the school because he's been framed and that whole story. I was just like, what are you doing to this show? And I almost stopped watching. 
You know what was really disappointing? Like, so every one of these terrible storylines, whether, you know, Anissa has a coworker that we don't care about that ends up dying. Jennifer has a love interest that we don't care about ends up dying. There's an entire police, a, a new police regime coming in that, you know, interacts with Jefferson on some level. We don't care about them. They're not really like Lopez has chief Lopez has her whole like power up thing, but ultimately we, they're not of consequence. Every single one of the bad storylines featured side characters that we don't care. I mean, why does Tobias need a right hand that has suddenly has a rivalry with Jen? What, you know, why do these side characters, if we know we're only having X amount of episodes, you would think you would devote it to the people that matter instead of getting Gamby laid instead of Jen flirting at school instead of some random coworker flirting with Anissa. Then they just become friends and then he dies. Like what are, what are we doing? Any other final thoughts on the best and worst of television for this past season, going around the circle, real quick. Any final thoughts, Mel? Uh, I didn't get a chance to mention um, a discovery of witches. That show is great. Uh, if you really enjoy witches, supernatural, all those things, please watch that one. Um, I'm not a fan of Matthew and Diana. I would just like to say that because that's a whole other mess. Um, but other than that, uh, nope, that's that's it. Mo, how about you? My honor. One of my honorable mentions does go to Kung Fu. I think. The, in terms of the representation of an and Chinese uh, family on television, I really do enjoy those those family scenes. I mean, that's to me that's re- really compelling television. You know, and in, in, in the in the, the the martial arts aspects of it is 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 enticing. But man, I really love the familiar aspects. And I have to do say, want to give a shout out and kudos for these shows managing to produce episodes. Given COVID, given on all the, d- the difficult working conditions that they've been placed under, so I, I do appreciate what we have gotten. I do think that some shows needed to do better. I was impressed that they were able to do the Black Lives Matter protest thing in a COVID environment because I was like, "How in the world did they pull that off?" Uh, Dan, um, any final thought? Ah, uh, for me, there was one show that I didn't mention, but had a decent season and a really good finale. And that was the flash. Uh, I was really surprised that they sort of were able to fix aspects to the, to the story structure. I, I actually enjoyed the forces by the end. Like I thought that was kind of a cool area and exploring the Godspeeds and the relationship to Bart and Nora. uh, I thought that was really cool. So here's the thing about The Flash. I think that it definitely improved, but they have more children now than Sammy Brady on Days of Our Lives. No, between, no. Uh, between <laughs> no. You, you, have, <laughs> you have like four different children in terms of like the forces, and then you have the two children that we have. They're up to six kids, and then... Part of the season, and which is what I ding it for, is like Iris is missing because of possibly her being pregnant. She was gone in episodes for what three episodes, just like because she was in the other room with morning sickness. And I was like, she doesn't even end up being pregnant, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, the forces are kind of like the Rex and Cassie Brady of this, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. They are just spawn. They are just spunk. So, so, a, ba- so basically, what you're saying, instead of it being Sammy's children, it's all Kate's children. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more Kate's because Kate has Kate has a ton. Kate Kate has Lucas, Philip, Billy, and then Austin, Austin, and then we have these other two. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, uh, well, well fi- no. oh, go ahead. Sorry, Luke. No, I was just going to say, you know, I don't, you know, the the Flash, you know, I think, Lord, these children, you know, 
I think they just need to claim the ones with the last name Wes Allen and then move on. Um, those are the ones we care about. Those are the ones the comic fans care about. I care about Bart Allen. I care about Excess. You know, the others, throw them in the trash. Uh, my final thought was my honorable mention for best couple was Nikki and Henry on Kung Fu. I love them. I ship them so much. I just love them. And I can't wait to see where season two goes. On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Also, join us on uh, in our Facebook community where we post various stories about the latest things that are happening. And we discuss them there. So join in the community and discuss those topics with us. Uh, basically, click on the link in the menu at Geek Confidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Geek Confidential is at GK Confidential. Mel is at at Melody Akles. Dan is real Dan Pierce. And Mo is Dr. Mo 77. Boy, I haven't done that in a long time. I hope I got those all right. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. See ya. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye.